0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the
1: Bay Area, it's time for Bay Area Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Bay Area Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Leah Davis with Leah Davis Coaching. Welcome. Hi. How are you doing today?
0: You know, I'm doing really well today. I've had my coffee. I got my exercise in. It's a beautiful California day. I'm doing well.
1: <laughs> that's good to get the exercise in early, and that's probably some of which that you uh, share with your the folks you're in your circle, right?
0: Absolutely, we work out. I do have a, quite a little crew that we work out often together, and it's just an amazing community to be a part of.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit in general about Leah Davis coaching. Uh, Who do you serve and what are you doing for those folks?
0: Well, thank you so much for asking this wonderful question. So I serve women of color primarily. Those are the clients that I work with and I'm a wealth and wellness coach. So there's two elements to my coaching. On the wealth side, it's really about helping women of color get clear about their dreams. So we discuss like their money management habits, that uh, things that they may or may not be doing uh, to be able to reach and achieve the dreams that they have for themselves and for their families. Oftentimes the women's that I, the women that I do serve are those who are wanting to completely transform their wealth legacy and leave something behind for their families. And then on the wellness side. So that's more of a trauma informed approach. So I help women of color understand the connection of trauma and how it has impacted their physical and emotional responses to managing their finances because most women who have experienced some sort of violence have a harder time envisioning their future because I've uh, been in survival mode for so long. So this process, it's a holistic approach that I take of physical, emotional, and even a spiritual focus to guide women towards feeling safe with money and they no longer second guess the choices that they're making.
1: So now how did these, uh, how did you decide to combine these two areas? Did you start out with both of these, this in combination, or did you start on one uh, and then worked in the other one over time?
0: I started in one and that was more on financial side. So I was a financial advisor for about five years. And when I was an advisor, I really wanted to provide my services for women of color I was also at that time dealing with an abusive relationship that I'd been in for quite a while. So once I left that relationship, once I really started to just actually observe that there were so many women that were not being served in financial services, and then with my education that I started to become a domestic violence advocate, when I realized, hey, there's one in four women who are experiencing intimate partner violence at some point in their life, I realized there was a connection because I was going through it myself. And so, um, I ended up having a financial coach. Um, and when I went through that process, it was just like an, an a light bulb went off and I went, Oh my goodness, this is exactly what it is that I meant to do. And it all just came together, uh, rather beautifully and pretty quick when I put all the pieces together.
1: So now it, let's talk a little bit about the wealth side. Um, cause that's where you kind of started at growing up. You were always interested in this topic. Like how did you kind of aim your career in that direction?
0: <laughs> no, not at all interested in this topic. As a matter of fact, I didn't have any goals, aspirations or dreams when I was a kid. Um I did grow up in a very controlled environment. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So that is a very controlling type of religion to be raised in and I also had a very controlling uh, and an abusive father as well. So I am an adult survivor of childhood domestic violence. So later on in life as a young single mother, um I just realized that I didn't know what the heck I was doing with my money. I was working um, in the Silicon Valley, and I was seeing these people doing really well, and I'm going, what do they have that I don't have? And I didn't understand it. So it started off, uh, I watched an an episode of Oprah, and it was a debt diet episode. I was in my early 20s, and I had a little bit of um, credit card debt. And so I went through her process, and then over time, I started realizing, what if I learn about money? Um, So I started reading about it a little bit, but it wasn't until I was in my early 30s and I wanted to have a career change. And um, I was approached by a firm to look into becoming a financial advisor. And I thought, this is the way for me to go, for me to really understand money and finances. Why don't I just learn about it? And that's where it all began.
1: So do you see that as kind of a recurring theme of you get curious about something and then you kind of dig in deep and educate yourself and then Absolutely. and then yep. kind of share that wisdom with others?
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, I never knew, I didn't realize that when I was, you know, dealing with, you know, um, domestic violence as a child, as an adult, that it would lead me into this path. But once I began my healing process, um, I wanted to learn about the impact of domestic violence. And I just wanted to read about it. And once I started understanding it, it just helped put context to what I had experienced and the same on the financial side. Um, I began educating myself about the women's wealth gap and how women of color are the furthest behind. And, you know, it helps, again, put context to what I've experienced in life and what I've seen so many other women around me experience as well.
1: And then once you have that education, then that kind of helps you draw the roadmap to get out of that and to break the pattern?
0: You know, education, I like to say, is like a (laughs) Band-Aid. So there's a ton of financial education and resources and information, but that doesn't mean... As someone is going to actually do the work and be able to create that pathway, it takes a village. It takes um, getting real about what you're experiencing. And so for myself, I really had to heal and understand why was I in so much fear? And once I began to understand that and begin to heal that and put in practices so I could navigate and cope with life then I was seeing my life transformed. And that's where it really is. So that's why I do the wealth coaching and the wellness coaching. The wellness coaching is actually like the bread and butter of my program.
1: So then they work uh, in concert.
0: Correct. Yep, sure do.
1: And then so in order to work with you, you you have to want to be coached on both sides of this equation.
0: Not necessarily. Uh, very oftentimes I will have clients that come to me and they just want to be able to understand their budget. Or it's, um, I don't understand why I'm spending money, I can't seem to stop spending money, or I give money away to my friends and family. And throughout my initial consultation, typically it will come up that they have experienced some sort of trauma. It's my way of the questions that I ask, I start to ask um, deep questions, thought-provoking questions, and over time it just naturally comes up. like I said, one in four women have experienced intimate partner violence. communities of color, typically those who have grown up in those um, communities, we have experienced financial hardships. So when there is um, a lack of money and when the, then when that's happening, it typically are environments in which children are being raised where there may be some sort of uh, domestic violence happening in the home. So it's very common. So I'm not surprised at all when somebody comes to me and they want to just focus purely on money and then eventually it just comes out that they have experienced some sort of trauma and we begin to dig deep on that as well.
1: And then once you kind of unpack some of that, that's where you see some of these habits and patterns maybe that are affecting other areas of life that, that maybe they didn't consider or they didn't realize?
0: Yes, absolutely. I just had an amazing call with a client yesterday. She was telling me, you know, I really want to understand um, why I'm waking up at night and I can't sleep. So the conversation started there. Uh, Then she was talking about how she was spending so much money online shopping. That seems to be a a big thing these days, especially because of the COVID and everyone's at home, right? And um, in that conversation, you know, we just talked about what it was that was propelling her to shop. She said, I just want to feel better. And so that was my clue right there. And so we we started talking about what it is she wanted to feel better from. And throughout that conversation, um, I already knew that she was a sexual assault survivor um, in her childhood, I knew that there was a connection there, but in my coaching and the way I facilitate the conversation, she was able to realize that she was um, trying to help herself feel better because she was not in a place in life where she thought she would be right now. And she feels like everything is just going to fall apart. So that feeling of impending doom is very common for those who have experienced any sort of violence where you think, Um, When you're raised in that environment, you don't know what's going to happen every day. And so for her, she has this state of things are going to fall apart. I have to do this. I got to feel better. And so throughout that conversation with her, she realized, like, oh my goodness, you know, this is stuff that I'm carrying from my childhood. And so in my coaching that um, yesterday with her, we came up with a beautiful affirmation for her to be able to say in those moments where she wakes up at night when she's feeling pulled to shop to relieve the feeling, she's now going to be focused and working on being able to cope through those emotions so she doesn't react and have the behavior of trying to feel better and then guilty later for spending money that she originally didn't want to.
1: Now, for some people, I would imagine that it it shows itself through spending money, but for other people, it could show itself through eating or other kind of habits that are negatively impact you
0: absolutely and if somebody is on a journey of wanting to buy a house for example and they're saying you know what i'm I'm going and I'm eating a lot of food I'm eating out all the time eating out all the time hey let's talk about that and then that still is a financial decision that they're making if they're able to save some money to put towards a down payment for a house a uh, house this again is this would be a wealth building thing a tool as well which is home ownership so having a conversation anytime there is a behavior or pattern that um, my clients are experiencing or is causing them to do things that they later regret that they know is not helping them stay on track financially, then we go ahead and talk about those things as well.
1: Right. It sounds like by opening the door to make it this very holistic uh, approach, it's not obvious that wealth and wellness would connect but it seems after talking to you, it seems very logical that, of course, they connect because, you know, the same habits and the same symptoms could be precipitating kind of bad habits in other areas if you don't get to the root cause.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Now, I, Again, I had no idea when I was a financial advisor, when I was meeting with women, for example, um, I may have a client that um, it was, let's review your credit. Um, And I experienced a client not returning, and I was wondering, why is she not coming back? We just got to review her credit. Um, Now that I know that women can be susceptible to financial abuse, maybe, I'm just throwing this out there because I have had other clients that have experienced this, there is a lot of fear that comes up in reviewing credit because the harm doer messed up their credit. Um, And so, you know, it brings up a lot of emotions for some individuals as to why they're not doing certain things. And I didn't know that at that time as an advisor because I come in that role, I came from a place of giving financial advice. Um, there was no real questions or um, asking that holistic approach to really understand what's underneath the behavior. Uh, it's just, okay, they're not returning, and I don't know why, on to the next one. Uh, but now with what I do as coaching, it's really getting to the root of what is causing the behavior.
1: Now, when you're working with women, um, you chose to serve women of color. Um, how, do, how are you defining women of color and what, was, what drew you to that group?
0: Well, I am actually half black and half Mexican, so I am like the walking billboard, right? And you could just really just look at the numbers because throughout history, black, indigenous, Hispanic, Latino, you know, Asian and Pacific Islanders have been systemically cut off from attaining economic success. And I personally, just growing up in Northern California and the Bay Area, it's a melting pot of cultures. And I just define a woman of color. If you got some sort of blend of brown, then you're a woman of color.
1: And then um, t- since you are a woman of color, that helps you kind of relate and they, your clients see that you've kind of been on this journey yourself. So then there's a, maybe a higher level of empathy.
0: There's a, a ability of empathy and also being able to sit on the same side of the table as my clients. There is a, we all know, lack of representation of Black and uh, Hispanic, Latino financial professionals. And uh, women of color tend to not go meet with financial professionals. Number one is because a lack of financial knowledge and uh, the amount of shame and the fear of being judged. And I'm not ready yet. And there's, they're not going to understand my situation So that is something where I bring to the table with my clients is they know that um, I've gone through similar life experiences and I'm able to create a very safe environment for them to talk about these two things, you know, finances and trauma that are uh, very activating for somebody. When I say activating, it can cause a lot of fear that comes up. Um, And so I'm able to create that environment in which they're able to connect with me. And it's just a beautiful process that we're able to share together.
1: Now, what is kind of the pain that your clients are having right before they call you? What is kind of their friction or where where are they having challenges where the best solution would be to call Leah? But they're going through something. What is the usually kind of that trigger that gets them on your radar?
0: It'll be um, common. What's very common I'm noticing lately is that women who are, Giving money to family and friends, and especially this time of year, approaching the holidays. Um, and they tend to be uh, the one in their family who has graduated college or they are a business owners. So they're like the one that's made it in their family's eyes and within their loved ones. So they may feel like they're a personal ATM um, and they're giving money to help, and they're giving money as a sense of duty that I'm supposed to do this. Meanwhile, they're in the back of their mind. They know that they're not putting money in their savings. They know that they keep taking money out of their savings to give to somebody else. And it keeps happening over and over and they're stressed out financially. So, you know, that is a catalyst for me to receive a phone call where uh, that woman, that particular woman say, Hey, I just really don't understand why this is happening. And I I know I need to stop and I need help. Um, Some women that it's perhaps maybe they realize that they don't have a positive relationship with money that they can't seem to have money in their bank account. that's a common one too. you know they there's money in their checking account and they'll do whatever it is to spend it and get rid of it because having that money in their account has them feeling uncomfortable because they just don't know what to do with it. So those are some of the key elements or perhaps maybe it's a woman who has um, I have some clients who um, have gone are currently in or have gone through recently, the family court uh, system, when it comes to custody challenges with their children, and they're having to go through litigation with their harm doer. So, these women, you know, they are navigating this, um, children going back and forth, and they're really wanting to find that extra level of support to help them be able to get through that and to be able to cope with the emotions and feelings that come up with dealing with this harm doer continuing to while trying to have economic stability while they're trying to have financial stability and to be able to just get through life. So there's a lot of different reasons why women may, may reach out to me. And those are some of the main ones that I've been noticing lately.
1: Now, can you educate our listeners about when is it appropriate to call a coach? And when do you need like kind of a therapist or, um, you know, a psychiatrist? Like, How, how do you know at what you're going through should be contacting which appropriate you know, person that wants the help?
0: You know, honestly, if you just have a question and you want to be able to figure things out, I have therapists that I refer clients out to or people who come to me and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I think you may need to see a therapist right now because I'm not a therapist, (laughs) right? I'm a coach. So, you know, I think I can just speak from personal experience that I knew when I was in crisis and my crisis was not being able to cope with life. For me, I was using alcohol at that time to try and cope to get through life. Like you said earlier, some people may shop, some people may eat. For me, I was abusing alcohol and I knew that there was something there and I didn't want to do that anymore. So I reached out for help and I went to a therapist at that point in time. And that therapist also helped me to be able to get the courage to walk away from that relationship. So, you know, if somebody is still in a, in a situation where, are experiencing uh, emotional, verbal, physical, even financial abuse, and they want to get out, definitely the support of a therapist at that point in time, and also reaching out to uh, local domestic violence organizations, tap into local groups of other survivors so that you can begin to hear and to connect with other women who have gone through similar situations and they've turned their life around. Um, That is key. And coaching really comes in when for me, I love working with women who have already gotten themselves out of these situations and they're really wanting to connect the bridge with their emotions and their money and they're ready to take their lives to the next level. So, those are women that are definitely ready for coaching at that point in time.
1: Now, can you share a story of maybe one of the people you work with that you were, don't obviously name their names, but to maybe yeah. tell the backstory about how you were able to help them get to that next level?
0: Yes, absolutely. So I have a client um, recently, she wanted to be able to move and she wanted to go to live in a better neighborhood, better area, but she could never seem to save money. Um, And so in the conversations, it came out that she had experienced some trauma in her life um, and throughout the coaching process um, in a matter of six months, she was able to save about $6,000. And this is a woman who wasn't able to save anything. And she was able to save $1,000 a month and was then able to move to an area that was a nicer neighborhood for herself and for her children. And it was really a process. I mean, it, it was a beautiful thing to see and to witness as we were going through this. She just was really dedicated and was ready and willing to just unpack the behaviors that she had and also working with me, you know, I was a great accountability partner for her. She just felt like, you know, I really want to show up for myself and I want to do the work. And so whenever we came up together uh, with some sort of homework or things that she could do to elevate herself and her, manage her money better, she was doing it. And she's moved. She's doing really well. She's also started her own um, business as a tattoo artist. So she's bringing in some extra cash with that. And she's, she's thriving. And so are her children.
1: And this is a situation, if you don't deal with this, it tends to not get better on its own, right? This is something you got to really face and put a team around you to help you get through this because there is a a wealth gap for folks who are survivors of this kind of trauma, right? This isn't just something that you've heard. This is like, there's real statistics behind this.
0: Absolutely. So I'm glad you brought this up because there is what's called the survivor wealth gap, And what that is, is the cost of experiencing harm. So I'll give you some information. So like the CDC estimates that $104,000 in medical bills and lost productivity is what a survivor will experience across her lifetime. That's a big number, $104,000. And mind you, that does not include the cost of custody litigation or family court. I'm waiting for that to come out. But that's just literally medical bills and lost productivity. And then also 99% of uh, survivors experience economic abuse. abuse. Harm doers will steal an average of about $1,280 a month from a survivor. And they will also incur about $15,900 of coerced or fraudulent debt that a survivor is then stuck with. So that is definitely um, some statistics that have come out that is very real. And that's just for a survivor. That's just that piece of it. This is not take into uh, consideration the wealth gap when it comes to uh, a woman's inability to have access to high quality credit or business capital. She's a business owner. That's a whole nother el- uh, element to this as
1: well. And this is a situation that if you put a team around you and you really kind of go through the journey of of improving in this area and fixing, writing so, some of these wrongs your life can change. There is a, uh, you know, the sun's going to come out tomorrow. <laughs> like it, it doesn't have to be hopeless and it doesn't have to be shameful. This is all kind of fixable if you work on it, right? Like this doesn't have to be hopeless.
0: It is definitely not hopeless. Although I will say there were many times in which I felt hopeless, but that's because I didn't know that there was help available. I had no idea Friends and family, I love my friends and family, but they were not the best people for me to be going to, and nor are they the best people for someone who is currently in a situation that they want to be able to get out of. Um, So for me and for many women, and actually studies do show that it's the reduction of the exposure to violence, the reduction of exposure to emotional, verbal abuse. When you're able to reduce the exposure, you can even do in your own home if you're still there in a situation coming up with a safety plan with a domestic violence organization. So you can reduce the exposure while you're at home Um, and then combine that with the support of um, like therapists and other women that you can count on so that you can then start having those feel good things to offset the trauma that you've experienced. And that's how, when you're able to combine those two and give it time, you definitely are able to create space Um, from feeling so much pain and to having a more peaceful and prosperous life.
1: But it's something that you do need help in order to get that escape velocity so you can extricate yourself from the situation and give yourself enough space and time so you can heal, so you can, you know, create this new momentum.
0: Yes, you definitely got to be able to get out and have the courage to be able to do it. And it's not easy. It's so not easy. You know, a lot of women will end up in... Uh, or even men, you know, they may find themselves going back to the harm doer because they are not able to make it financially. Uh, So it's it's absolutely important to be able to reach out, connect, reach out for help, and to be open to the process and know that everything's going to be
1: okay. Well, if there's somebody out there that wants to learn more about your services, what is the best way to get a hold of you or somebody on your team?
0: The best way to get a hold of me is you can book an appointment uh, through my website, which is leahcoaching.com. That's L-E-A-H coaching.com. I'm also on Instagram at Leah Coaching. Those are two great ways to get in touch with me. You can send me a direct message on Instagram or just go ahead and book a direct consultation with me, which is one hour for free. I do offer that initially to make sure and find out for a good fit uh, and that can take place through my website.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you.
0: Thank you so much for having me today, Lee. This has been a wonderful time and well spent.
1: All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Bay Area Business Radio.